This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And hello there. It's the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, along with Charlie Dobbin. Morning, Frank. Master gardener. How are you this Extraordinaire. morning, Charlie? Extraordinaire. I'm well. Yeah. Blue sky, nice blue, bit of rain, but day yep. is clearing up. Sun breaking through. Yeah. Very nice. Crowbarring its way through the clouds. That's right. The yes. clouds are blowing away. And the garden show is here. It is. Once, boy, it, doesn't, it seems like the week just... Go like I know. That, huh? Just yesterday we were here. <laughs> yeah, so hi and good morning to everybody who's maybe just slurping a cup of coffee or... Slurping, good. Or, or a slurpee. Or tea, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and joining us for brekkie. Um, I better give the phone numbers. Great idea. Hold you, okay? Okay. Yeah, to reach Charlie, call, if you're in Toronto, 416-360-0740. And then anywhere else in the province, it's toll-free, one 740 Four seven forty, and the nice. mantra. The mantra yes. is most important: call early, call often. One question per call. Because you'll notice sometimes at the end of the show there are folks waiting on the line and we can't get to them. I know. So call now and get lined up. That's right. Yeah. Just you know, Christina and Andre and our producers uh, will line uh, things up. There That's right. And you know, I always say, take these phone numbers, put them in the speed dial on your phone, yeah, and then you're good to go, right? Well, you can of just course. Be the first one up. All right. So a couple of uh, events. One is in a few short hours. I know it's sort of sad, but in in uh, uh, two happen. hours or so, at ten forty nine this morning, autumn will begin in Bang. Eastern falling in, yeah. Standard Time. That's right. Autumn will fall. And uh, yeah, temperatures are gonna cool off. But of course autumn is a great time for gardening. I mean that's Yeah. A lot of planting being done and stuff like that. Well that's right. right. Yeah. And you know, the soil is so nice and moist right now. You can pull weeds very easily without you know, with very little effort. Get some of those weeds out of your lawn, do some top dressing. Some overseeding, perfect time to do it because uh, you know you don't have to worry about too much heat, and and of course the moisture from the rain helps. You don't have to be out there watering. Yeah, um, yeah, great time to plant bulbs. I mean, there's just this is this is the time to be doing a whole bunch of things. So that's going on. Also, um, speaking of fall, the Toronto Botanical Gardens. Uh, has got all kinds of things going on for the fall. Lots of sort of educational things. They've got um, fall mode. You can make a harvest planter. You can get tips on garden wrap-up, including your veggie garden. You can learn a new skill this fall with introductory courses in birding, digital photography, qigong, or garden research on the web. So for more information to register for any of the great courses going on at the TBG, go to www.torontobotanicalgarden.com. All right, mark your calendars if you're in the Burlington area, October the 10th, 7.30 to 9 p.m. Excuse me, the Burlington Hort Society will be hosting their general meeting. Uh, They do meet at the Burlington Seniors Centre, which is 2285 New Street at Drury in Burlington. Uh, Frank Kershaw will be there. He's speaking on the subject of front yards with real curb appeal. Everybody's welcome. There you go. And just a heads up, uh, next week, I will not be here. My uh, crazy, wacky colleague, Dennis <laughs> Flanagan, I'm oh, setting yeah. it up now. He's a riot. <laughs> he is. Crazy and wacky. He will be here in my chair with you, Frank. So yes. you're going to have to control him. Oh, uh, yeah, Except right. when you two get together, you're both pretty out of control. Of course, I'm going to be so far away, I'm not going to phone you, but I may listen on the web. <laughs> I'm uh, going for a little drive. My honey and I are going for a little drive to Vermont and to Maine. Oh, how and nice. To Quebec. What a beautiful time of year well, to exactly, do that, Exactly. Even just coming down the parkway today, there's a bit of color starting in the yeah, maples. Yeah. So I'm hoping that we will see some nice color and taking yeah. our bicycles. Well, the leaves are already starting to turn. That's right. Yeah. Lobster. 
Can oh, I good. can I throw a little announcement in here? Yeah. Most certainly. I, I am a garlic lover. Mm, I love both Di and I love garlic. Mm. We like garlic so much when we get on an elevator, if people don't back away, <laughs> we know we haven't had enough, you know. <laughs> but now there's the Toronto Garlic Festival, which is coming up uh, October 13th and 14th, happening at the Evergreen Brickworks, and they're going to have uh, home cooks, gardeners meeting. Uh, Ontario uh, garlic farmers, you can stock up for your winter supplies, but they're also going to have history and culture junkies hearing the truth about garlic from Dracula, <laughs> oh well, uh, and, and Dracula uh, from Bram Stoker expert Professor Elizabeth Miller. Neat. Just one of the uh, little things there, but I, that sounds like real fun. It, I'm sure it will be, and the Brickworks is a great place to yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, that's right off Pottery Road there. It's on Bayview there, yeah. Bayview Extension, yeah. Right, you are. So that's my little announcement today. Thank you. Mm-hmm, you're welcome. Mm, you're, you're learning. <laughs> you're you're well, getting I'm, to be I'm a getting, I'm getting capital S sous chef, I'm maybe. walking in here prepared, boy, I'm telling you. <laughs> okay. Uh, are we set to go, do you think, pretty well in a moment? Yeah, yeah I think so. Okay. We will be back in just a few moments here with Charlie Dobbin on The Garden Show from AM740. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And uh, we better get moving along because Charlie's brain is just bursting. Just, just, all oh, the, right. Yeah, just, I wish. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> she's all just overflowing with information she wants to impart to you. And the first person we say hi and welcome to the show to is Arlene in Guelph. Hi, Arlene. Hi. Good Mor- morning to everybody. Morning. Uh, I have a question. I got a Henry III aster for my birthday in August. Mm-hmm. Isn't it a perennial or is it just a throwaway plant? No, that should be a perennial. Oh, it's a perennial? Yep. Okay, then. So I can just put that in my, right in my garden about but, an hour or just a little later. Uh, you know what? The so- I would do it sooner than later. If you want it to survive the winter, it's going to have to get some roots growing. So I would get it into the garden, sunny location. Um, preferably minimum four hours of direct sun, and uh, more is better. And uh, enjoy it. It'll be up next spring as a green plant in the spring and summer, but of course bursts into blossom usually in August and gives you great... I love late blooming plants because I just I love it when the garden changes. We get so you know hung up in all that early spring color, then we get a bit jaded because you know nothing really happens, and then a whole bunch of new things happen in the fall. So asters are great for that. What about these uh, perennials? Not, or I don't know whether perennials or not annuals or the ones you buy in the grocery store right now. Are they just like a <clears throat> once they bloom you throw them away? Good question. You're talking about mums. Yeah, mums. Yeah. Okay, or chrysanthemums. Or- Exactly like the aster. Um, the, there's florist mums that are in the grocery stores, like inside, but outside you'll see mums, yeah. and those are perennial plants. Oh, they are? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, wow. I can throw mine away. Well, I see that the problem is, is that when we buy them, we usually put them in a planter or we sit them outside somewhere and enjoy them in the fall, and then they die above ground. If you can take them home and plant them, you've got a way better chance of them surviving. Getting them planted is the key sooner than later. Yeah. Surviving the winter, coming up next spring, they are going to be green plants in your garden all summer or all spring and summer. Again, bursting into bloom late oh. in the summer. Okay, then. Okay, right. thank, thank you. Thank you, Arlene. <clears throat> Boy, she was sneaky, eh? Uh, yes, I had, <laughs> I had my ticket book out. I started up my motorcycle. I was going to pull her off to the side of the road. I, I saw that second you. question in. I saw you champing at the <laughs> yes. bit, ready to swatter. Well, but, you know, I, I let her go with that because that question she just connected. asked about the mums, it was connected, and also it's a good question. I was actually um, sent a text message, that same question yesterday by somebody. That's that confusion about yeah. are mums perennial Well, not? I erred on the side of caution thank in that you. one, right? That was sweet of you. Dor- thank you. <laughs> Dorothy in Toronto, welcome to the Garden Show. Hello, Dorothy. I have tomato plants, and uh, due to the neighbor's trees, they didn't get as much sun as they used to. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now they're quite green, and they're not as big as they were. And every night I listen to... Yep. Hello. Well. Down to 9 or 10 degrees. And I was wondering, if I bring them in, mm-hmm. do I leave them on their stems? Not stems, but I mean the yeah. whole uh, tomato plant. Or if I have to dig it up, put it in earth and water it, would they grow bigger? Okay, so this is actually a really good question, Dorothy. Um, No, don't bring in the whole plant. Number one, 
if you've got a lot of green tomatoes on your tomato plants right now, don't um, be too worried. We don't have any frost coming anytime soon. What I would do is I would go out with just a pair of scissors, remove any leaves that are blocking direct sunlight from getting through to those green fruits. Which is not to say you should take every leaf off the plant, but but do selectively remove some leaves because, like you said, there's less sun in your yard, but wherever the sun does come through, just ensure there's no leaves blocking the sun getting through to the tomatoes. They hopefully will start to turn red in the next few days to week or so. If they don't and the weather is getting down to five degrees or less, then your same pair of scissors, cut off those green tomatoes, bring them in the house, don't bring the plants in, just the tomatoes. You have two options. One is you can make my famous green tomato jam. And the um, recipe is on the web, on the AM740 website. It's a great uh, recipe to make strawberry jam. Or you could do what I've also done, which is just take pieces of newspaper, wrap each tomato up with just a single sheet of newspaper, put them all together in some little basket somewhere, and you know, on the kitchen counter, whatever. Leave and, and check them every three or four days. They will start to turn red inside the newspaper. And then at, once you get a little bit of red starting, take them out of the newspaper, sit them on the windowsill, and they'll redden up just perfectly. And they're still very edible. But they won't get any bigger. No, no. The main thing is you're going to ripen them. Yeah, they won't get a lot bigger. With all this rain, though, uh, you know, plants are slowing down. Temperatures are dropping. Days are getting shorter. But they are growing a little bit. Of course, the rain is certainly going to maybe split some skins even on some of our tomatoes because it's been a lot of rain lately. I had uh, blemish-free tomatoes this year. Nice. Because I gave a lot of eggshells. Perfect. Around the... uh, you yep. know, around yep. them. Excellent idea. Yep. And, uh, but there's there's quite a few, but I say they're very small. Okay. Well, pray for some warm weather. They will get bigger. And like I said, take some leaves off. That will help as well. Okay. Thank okay. you very much. Thanks, Thank Dorothy. you, Dorothy. Bye. Uh, Dorothy, you're joining the Garden Show gang here at AM740 Zoomer Radio. <coughs> Our phone lines again, Toronto 416, <clears throat> pardon me, 360-0740. And then anywhere in Toronto, anywhere else in the uh, province, really. One the country, really. Yeah. The world, or, even. Well, all the right then, yeah. sure. One eight six six seven forty four seven forty. 740 only have a few official duties here, and she's cramping my style already. <laughs> well, you're getting too, too carried away. Am with, I getting carried away? With where You know what will help me out? You know what will help me out? Some sit-ups. A little exercise. Uh, I think so. I'm going to... Mm-hmm. Start with my eyes. Oh, good okay. idea. Blinking. Okay, yep. First the right eye, blink. All right. He's exercising up, because he knows up, he feels good when he exercises. Oh, that feels good. <laughs> it's, it's, mm. Not that you've got a lot of <laughs> joints and things in your eyelids, so you might want to work on a different body part for the purposes of what I'm going to talk about. God both, knows what that will be. Okay. <laughs> both Frank and I take up a, a little... Pill, three little pills every day called Sierra Sill, just like the mountains, the Sierra Mountains, and then S-I-L, a completely natural mineral supplement, which actually really works. If you have stiff joints, um, any kind of discomfort with moving around, Sierra Sill can really make a difference. Now, it doesn't work for everybody, but that's why they say if you don't feel better in 14 days, get all your money back. So you can call the wonderful people at Sierra Sill at one eight seven seven joint fourteen. You can also check them out on the web, Sierra Sill S I E R R A S I L dot C A, or pick up Sierra Sill at your local health food store, like Goodness Me Natural Foods in Burlington, Hamilton, and Waterdown. You took away my little jingle I had oh. all ready to sing. S I E R R A S I. Oh, perfect. All right, I won't spell it ever again. You're in charge of that. Thank you very much. Okay. (laughs) Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem? Well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Frank Proctor, the sous chef here, wanting to go to Joe, uh, but I don't know where to go. Uh, Joe, where the heck is Dunkar? That's what's on my monitor here. I I know it's in Dunkirk. Oh, Dunkirk. That's gotcha. better. Okay. Morning, Joe. Good morning, Charlie. I, I really enjoy your show. Thank you. Um, I had a, a, a windfall here. 
I believe from the birds. I have two holly trees growing underneath a pine tree. Mm. And I've got about uh, maybe three feet of clearance. The holly trees are about uh, six to nine inches high. Oh, nice. I've always wanted a holly tree, and I want to transplant them. Uh, how big of a ball do I need? How much room do I have to leave between uh, concerned about the pine tree? Mm-hmm. Well, that's... Uh, Okay, so it's interesting. The hollies are obviously very happy beneath the pine tree for a reason. Very nice acidic soil below that pine tree because all the needles over the years drop and decompose and uh, cause the pH to drop. And that's exactly what the holly wants. But like you said, these hollies can't really grow because they're going to run into the pine. Absolutely. Transplanting them at this young age is a good idea because younger plants are going to be more vigorous and handle the transplanting. Have you got a place in mind where you're going to move them to where they'll have a little more room, still have access to that nice acidic soil and a dappled light? You know, they need some morning light or, you know, half day at the most, preferably early in the day light. Mm. Well, I had a, a, a spot out in the yard which gets lots of sun. And, uh, that's going to be pretty dramatic from where they are now, because how much sun are they getting now? Well, yeah, not a whole lot. Right? right. So they'll probably sunburn if you move them from where they are to this new location without providing some shade or shelter for them. Uh, is it a temporary shade or shelter? Yeah, temporary, like all the way through the winter would, would work, because that's what often happens. They are evergreens get sunburned uh, in the winter, because suddenly they're exposed to a whole bunch of light. In the case of being near a deciduous tree, for example, where the leaves have all dropped and now all of a sudden there's a lot of light getting them, getting onto the, the evergreens in the winter, uh, ground freezes up, the plant can't access liquid, and the sun dries out the leaves, and at the end of the winter, early spring, all of a sudden everything's all brown and crispy on the, on the evergreens. So if there's some way you could erect a bit of a shade shelter to get it right through, <clears throat> excuse me, right through till spring, that would be a good thing. Okay, I'll have to work on that one. Yeah. How soon do they have to transplant? Uh, again, I would do it sooner than later because yeah. when we're transplanting in the fall, we like to leave a window, a four to six week window between the date of transplanting and a hard frost. Because once there's a hard frost, the plants will really slow down in their root growth, and you do want that four to six weeks so the roots will get a chance to get going. So use a little bit of bone meal or quick start, uh, a transplanter-type fertilizer when you move them. Take some of that wonderful uh, pine needle-y soil with you when you go and continue to top dress with pine needles every spring and fall from now on forever and ever. And when I'm talking about a bit of a shade shelter, even if you can put up couple of stakes around the hollies after you've moved them and just wrap burlap around the outside of the stakes. That will help break the wind and break the sun for the next several months. But okay. leave it open at the top. Thinking, yeah. yeah, leave it open at the top so rain and snow and stuff can drop in. Yeah. Okay. Okay, that sounds good. All yeah, righty. You've got a real project on your right. hands. Yeah. And where I'm going to put them, there used to be a tree there at one time, mm-hmm. so... Uh, the, the, the roots, some of the roots are still in there, but uh, that's fine. You know, it's, it's dead. But yeah, that's fine. The roots are just going to slowly but surely decompose and just add organic material and often mushrooms to the soil. No yeah, problem. Well, I haven't had that problem, but I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can't get some sawdust or something of that sort to help uh, around the base. Would that be good or no? No, I wouldn't use sawdust. Oh, okay. No, do you want to really work? Peat moss would be good. You want to really think in terms of acidic material, and sawdust is often will create the opposite. So what you want really? is, yeah, think about oh. some peat moss when you take the do the transplanting, and like I said, take some of that those lovely pine needle-y bits of soil with you as well. Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. Good, Good luck stuff. with that, Joe. Yeah. Let us know how that works out, Joe. Okay. Thank you very, very much. Okay. Thanks. Have a great day, and thanks for joining us here in the Garden Show from AM740 in Toronto. Jenny in St. Catharines on the line. Charlie, hi. Jenny, how are we doing? Not too bad. How are you, Frank? Good. Morning. Charlie, uh, say hi to Guy for me. I will. <laughs> okay, you know who it is? Yes. <laughs> okay. Anyways, uh, question for you, Charlie. Yes. I got a package of those, you know how you buy the berries mixed? Mm-hmm. In, in the fr- and you throw it in the freezer? Well, my freezer dried and it uh, defrosted. Would I be farther? I'm wondering if it's possible to start those. Like if I separate the blueberries from the blackberries, and could I put them in pots, or 
because most plants need the winter anyway. So mm-hmm. I figured, oh, well, they had to pretend winter. Yeah, exactly. Have, <laughs> after having been farther frozen. ahead to leave it and like refreeze them and do it in the spring. You know, it's a good question. I be worth a try. I would never really think of of those seeds as being highly viable after the the fruit has ripened. The fruit has been flash frozen for a number of months, if not longer, and then thawed. Whether you could grow those seeds, that, that's a really good question. Worth a try, though, to grow them. I would probably well, I would, try I and grow them. Of maybe sticking them in pots and burying yeah. them in the ground. Yeah, exactly. And <clears throat> like you said, do a little bit of separation so that you you know you sort of know what you've got going on there. L- little pots, just little four inch pots with some potting soil. Bang the little berries in. Cover the the um, the seeds or the berries with a little bit of soil. Absolutely water. Put them outside as winter's coming, bury the pots, put some little stakes in the ground so you know where the pots are, and see what happens in the spring. See if anything does come up. They may. They may come up. The trick, though, is that any of the berries, usually we'll find that we'll get our best fruit from buying uh, plants that are already growing that are named varieties. They're known for being very, you know, good bearing plants and also what we call, you know, certified virus-free, et cetera, et cetera, because many of the berries can have all kinds of issues when it comes to well, these are diseases. Like, uh, Europe's best or nature's best. Yeah. Like they're quite large. The fruit's yeah. quite large. Yeah. Worth a try. They're, they're mammoths compared to what we get. Yeah. Like I do that with peach and pear. Mm-hmm. And throw them in the freezer, and then when I want to plant them, I pull them out and stick them in the ground. I figure. Good idea. Hey, great. Well, yeah. What the heck? Why not? It's a really good use of recycling. And see, for most of us, peaches and pears, we wouldn't grow them in the say the Toronto area on their own roots. When you go and buy a peach or a pear tree, it will always be growing on. It's been grafted onto a different set of roots. Well, I did some canning a few years back with my son when he was young, Mm -hmm. and. the peach pits froze mm-hmm. in the ground, and when yeah. we were turning the compost in the next it's year, we growing. found he was only like four now. Then he's like 27 now. <laughs> but uh, we found them, so we stuck them in the ground. It took us about five years, but we had three red havens growing in the How backyard. Perfect, yeah. yeah. Well, exactly, because you know what the peaches were when you bought them. And living in St. Catharines, where the temperatures are milder, you have a better chance of success in the long term to actually, you know, get fruit from these, these seeds you're planting. You know, it's, it's great. Cereal is available in St. Catharines. Pardon? What's available? Cereal. Uh, yeah. Oh, Sierra, Sierra, Sierra yes. Sierra What? Well, tell me about health food stores in Sierra Sierra. I mean, in, in St. Catharines. Are there health? Oh, uh, well, there's the peanut mill. Okay, yep, the uh, peanut mill. On Welland and um, Geneva. Yep. Right there. Okay. Well, uh, 191 Welland Avenue in St. Catharines. Yep, they, they carry Sierra Hill for sure. Awesome. That's on my list. All right, you <laughs> okay. guys have a great day. Okay, Jenny, Thank you. thanks for the Take call. Care. You bet. Bye-bye. And I'll say Bye. hi to die for you, for sure. <laughs> 9.30, right on the button. I like that. I like the idea of, of plant growing yeah. and planting, recycling, right? Darn D- right. Uh, and it's fun. You know, you can do that with lemons and oranges and, you know, try it. Why not? Yeah, yeah. It never hurts to try. And certainly in my composter, you wouldn't believe the mangoes we go through at my house. My daughter is like a total mango freak. Oh, really? yeah. She loves them. And they, they always germinate in the composter, eh? You get little mango trees growing in the composter. Well, of course, these are tropical trees, so yeah. it, it, I don't try and plant them. Transplant them, them no. no. But, uh, but they are a beautiful tree. And yeah, a nice, nice little visit to the compost, look in your little yeah, visit mango plants. Mango trees, exactly. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, I'm going to totter off to Tottingham mm. and say hi to Ruth, who will in turn say hi to you, I'm sure. Mm. Hi, Ruth. Good morning. Welcome to the show. I have a problem with the pear trees. And um, the pears are, um, they get indentation. They're kind of deformed, I guess you'd say. They're Bartlett pears. They got two trees. And um, the fruit, when it lasts about three years, they've gone all the, when they um, form, these, uh, the pears go so uh, all deformed with little, like, little holes, and there's no bugs in them. Yeah, but what happened was is there were bugs way back in the early mm-hmm. spring. There were bugs way back in the early spring. They oh, cause there? they're causing the dimpling on the on the fruit. Yeah, that's right. Dimpling, I yeah. guess that's what you're saying. Yeah. And of course, some of them look perfectly um, well on the outside, and, and when you cut in them, they're all bad inside. Yuck. Okay, and, so and, um, they're 
some of them aren't, uh, like, like there's a lot of them that are deformed, but then uh, there's a lot of them that aren't. So tell... Um, when you cut them open, they're uh, all bad inside. And um, I'm hard, having a hard job getting enough out of them just to have a bowl of Bowl of pears, exactly. Hey, tell me, have you, uh, are you able to do any... How, is this a big old tree or, or a small tree, or how old's the pear tree? There's two trees, uh-huh. and they're... Um, they're quite old, that's for sure. So they're quite large then as well. Oh, uh, yeah. I guess they're not awfully large. No, not uh, just normal, maybe tall. Okay, so because what I was going to say is, um, uh, if you can, in the early spring, before the leaves are on the pear tree and before the flowers open, yeah. so early spring, usually late March. And in Tottenham, might even depending on what kind of winter or spring we have, could even be mid March. Yeah. There's a spray called dormant spray. Oh yeah. And dormant spray is very much designed to be sprayed onto dormant fruit trees. It is a mixture of lime sulfur, which smells like rotten eggs, and horticultural oh. oil, which is a light oil, uh-huh. mixed together, mixed with water, sprayed onto the dormant plant. So we're just talking branches and stems with all kinds of little buds that haven't opened yet, sprayed. And when, that, when, it's, when it's blossoming? No, when it's not blossoming. Before it blossoms. Before it blossoms, before the leaves open. So early oh, in the I spring, see, I see. Yeah, okay. if there's any way you could use that spray on those pears, I think you would find you would avoid that problem next year. Oh, is that right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, thank you very much. You're very um, welcome. Thanks for joining the show, Ruth. Oh, you're... Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> thank you. I really enjoy your show. Thank you. Thank you uh, very much. a lot of things. Hey, oh, we, good. We I've tr- never heard much about pear trees except that last gentleman. He mentioned some about pears planting the seeds. And what do yeah. you mean by that? Uh, well, <laughs> you know, there are seeds. <laughs> yeah, I know the seeds, uh, but you couldn't pair a plant seeds from the pear tree and the grow would they? Eventually, I mean, by the time you get pears off of a pear tree grown from seed, might be fifteen, twenty years. But you might could... be too old to enjoy them. Eh? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, Ruth, Thank for the you. call. You're welcome. Thanks for your and call. And a reminder of the phone numbers uh, in Toronto: four one six three six zero zero seven forty. Anywhere else in the province, toll free to reach Charlie Dobbin: one eight six six seven forty. Four seven forty, and just while I have a moment, a little question for you here: How can you take control of your own health? Nutritionists, dietitians, naturopaths, holistic doctors, and pharmacists weigh in on the Natural Health Show for in-depth conversations with guest experts. I advise you to listen to the Natural Health Show. That's coming up later this morning at eleven on the new AM seven forty. And on to our next call here, Ingrid in Kitchener, waiting for your w- words of wisdom. Oh, good luck, good luck, Ingrid. <laughs> Hello, morning. I'm thoroughly enjoying your show. Um, you. I have a question for you. I'm trying to make a bougainvillea and a hibiscus plant survive the winter. Okay. Can I leave it out on an upstairs veranda in a sheltered corner of the veranda? It has a brick uh, on two sides. No. If I put the hibiscus plant in that corner, would it survive the winter? No, not if it's outside. They will not survive temperatures below about five degrees Celsius. Okay. Okay, so they've got to go into a situation. It can be a very, uh, it can be an unheated garage or shed, but the trick is they can't. Cannot they, they will not survive below the but temperatures. But they would survive in an unhe- in a tool shed. In a tool shed, as long as it doesn't freeze in there, right? As long oh, as it's it an insulated freeze, yeah. shed, it's right? Not heated. Yeah. Well, sometimes there's insulated sort of sheds that stay above zero, or, or garages that are attached to homes, and it also depends what kind of winter we have. I mean, right. it's pretty mild last year. I mean, so, some right. things would have survived right. last year that wouldn't normally. See, I'm, but, I'm worried about my wood floors, uh, three quarter inch blob maple here. Uh, um, because I find the hibiscus plant needs a lot of water. Mm-hmm. Uh, it did on the veranda out mm-hmm. here all summer. Mm-hmm. I had to water it nearly every day. Wow. But it produces so many blooms that uh, nobody could believe it when they saw the plant. Yeah, well, that's good. And how big is the pot that it's in? It's a, the pot is very small. I just got it as a gift this uh, beginning of the summer. Mm-hmm. The pot is very small. I was surprised because... The plant is about uh, four and a half to five feet high. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, and it still has about 20 buds on it. Nice. And, but how big do you think the pot is? Eight inches, 10 inches? 
Yeah. No bigger than that. So I don't think it's any bigger than that. What I would do if I were you, because it sounds like a plant that's worth saving. Right. <clears throat> definitely is. I would get myself over to my local home hardware, Canadian Tire, Home Depot, home whatever, Depot yeah. type store, pick up uh, another pot. Make sure okay. it's at least at least two inches, if not four inches bigger than your existing pot that it's in okay. right now. When you're there, buy a saucer to, that matches the pot so that there's yeah. no worries about water right. getting on the floor. Right. At the and same time, get a little bag of potting soil or a medium-sized bag of potting soil. Come home, repot that plant into a bigger pot, get that saucer below Take advantage of that. Give it a whole, you know, a soapy wash and rinse, and get it in the house. That's okay. what I would do. A sunny spot in the house. The, the plant. Yeah. Uh, rinse it with soapy water. I would because when they're outside, you know, the, not the, detergent though. That's n- yeah. Soapy, yeah, yeah, soapy water is the best, just because there's you know the odd spider. There's you know right. city pollution, dirt sitting right. on the leaves. Give it a nice wash because you okay. don't want to bring in sow bugs or earwigs right. or spiders. So how much? Uh, how much soap should I put in the water to uh, rinse off the bugs? It's a it's a proportion of forty parts water to one part soap. Um, what kind of soap? Um, real soap. So ivory dish soap. soap? If, ivory? as long as it's soap, not detergent. Yeah, ivory dish soap. Yep. If will it's, that do? Yes, it will. Okay. Okay. That's okay. great. Hey, you've got the Kitchener Waterloo uh, Oktoberfest coming up soon, right? We sure do. Oh, <laughs> might be down for that. Big event. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, we'll be looking for you. All righty, Ingrid. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thanks for Take your care call. now. Have a nice day. Thank you. Uh, you are listening to The Garden Show here at AM 740. Charlie Dobbin, uh, all set to, well, we'll take another call in just a moment, but I'm all set to now do some rather vigorous, actually, <laughs> I was, you know, kidding before with my eyelid. Yeah, yeah. But I now noticed. it's my arms I'm going to Oh, that's vigorous. Yeah, start lifting weights again. Heads up. Yeah, I can yeah, tell. Yeah. You're looking quite buff. Well, thank you very much. And I <laughs> have my should, shirt on, too. We should have a camera yeah. in here. <laughs> Okay, here All we go. right. If you're somebody who wants the freedom, just like Frank and I do, to maintain your favorite activities with reduced aches and stiffness, we take and we recommend you take Sierra Sil on a daily basis. It is a completely natural mineral supplement from the Sierra Mountains. Uh, very simple to take uh, and really, really works. Uh, more information on their website, sierrasill.ca, or call them, they're in Vancouver, one eight seven seven joint 14 or pick up Sierra Sill at your local health food store, like Ambrosia Natural Foods in Newmarket and in Thornhill. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, Forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, phlox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And uh, the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, along for the ride here with uh, lots of fun in mind and none appearing. Uh, <laughs> uh, Tracy from Norwood. We'll work on that. Yes, uh, thank you. Uh, has a question about now, is it gladioli or gladiolis? Uh, gladiolis. No, it's gladiolus is one. Okay. Gladiolus is two. I think. Well, you've solved that problem. But there'll for be somebody me. who will, who will call and tell yes, me I'm wrong. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's it not gladioli. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's not gladioli. It's glad. It's always gladiolus. Anyway, glads. Most people just call them glads. Glad to glad to hear Good from morning, you, Tracy. Tracy. <laughs> How you doing? I used to call you on my way, Mitzi and I, on our way to Kingston every day last year. But anyways, <laughs> or the year before, whatever. Anyways, what I'm calling about is I've got I planted some gladiolus, and I'm not a gardener. Trust mm-hmm. me. Um, and I. There's something in the back of my mind that says that I should take those bulbs out at the end of the season. Yep. And put them in a, cut the green part off and put them in a bag and put them in a dark spot. Am I right? You're right. But don't rush it. Wait until there's been a frost. Okay. With any of the tender bulbs, and glads are a good example, dahlias are another example, begonias, canna lilies, calla lilies, these are all tender bulbs mm-hmm. that will die or and turn to mush over the winter when they freeze. We wait till a good frost has happened, and then the leaves will be quite brown. Okay. Dig them up. 
you know, lift them up out of the ground. As you said, you're going to cut off any of the foliage that's still attached. Dra- lay them out on some newspaper to dry. Okay. Because often in the fall, the soil is so moist that when we lift the bulbs, they're they're pretty pretty moist. So you want, and glads really need to dry down. So let them sit out on newspaper in a dry spot. Could be, you know, in the garage, could be on the porch, could be anywhere. Just lying there, drying out. Once they're dry, that's three or four or five days maybe, then just gently rub the, the soil, any soil that's attached, off of the bulbs. And what you want is, you know when you buy onions, they come in those net bags? Yes. You want something like that. So you want like an onion bag or an old pair of pantyhose, really, something that allows air to circulate. You're going to pop all those glad bulbs into, <laughs> you should see Frank's face, into the, into the pantyhose or the onion bag. And then, yeah, dark spot. Just hang them from the ceiling in the basement somewhere where it's dark and forget about them for the winter. Good stuff. And when would I plant them back like, you in the season? Wait until we are frost-free. So it'll, be, it'll probably be May before you're planting them out. Now, I planted these things. I bought them from, I have a friend that's a breast cancer survivor, and mm-hmm. her dragon boat team was mm, um, selling. They had a... Um, Fundraiser. Yes, exactly. They, I got these plants, but I, they, they deliver them pretty late in the season. And although I got a lot of foliage from them, I didn't get any blooms. Would that be because they might have been planted too late? Or too deep. Oh. The trick with glass is you can't plant them very deep. You really just go down about two inches. Okay. So that can, because you, you will um, inhibit flowering, or you're right, it could be just that it was too late. Also, when you dig them up, you'll find that the bulbs you planted, they're actually called corms, they're all shriveled up and they're gone, yeah. but all around are little baby cormels, they're called. And so there's lots of little babies in there. So you'll go from having one to about six. So you'll have an exponential increase in the number of glads for next year. Oh, good stuff. But do get them out as soon as the ground is frost-free, as soon as we're frost-free. Sunny right. location, two inches down. Perfect. Great. Right. Thank you very much. Good You're very welcome. Thank have you, a Tracy. great day. Thanks yeah, for your call. The reason I laughed at the uh, pantyhose. Yes, please share. It dates back several years when Di and I were living in St. Catharines for the first time. Mm. We had an old house, mm-hmm. and one time went up, uh, we heard all sorts of noises going on. Raccoons living in the chimney. Now, it was blocked off. So they were climbing down to the chimney, to this blocked-off area. And then I, I got up on the roof and looked down. There's Mama with several babies down there. So mm-hmm. I thought, I know how to get them out. And I stole some of my wife's pantyhose, put mothballs in them. I got a fishing rod, <laughs> and I lowered the, I lowered the, the bag of mothballs. The bag, the pantyhose, <laughs> the pantyhose filled yes. with mothballs. And, and, and right above I'm surprised Mama's the neighbors head. weren't calling 911 at well, this point. <laughs> and, and Mama was not happy with you, growling at me and everything. And we had to leave the house. The smell of camphor was every. I mean, geez, and just invaded the house. We had to get out. So we thought two hours later we can go back. We went for a drive, and... No. You know what happened? Yeah. She said the mama just threw the bag out, the, <laughs> the pantyhose out on the roof. <laughs> you know, stupid me. There she's probably thinking, what an idiot. Yeah, you know? really. Like, think I couldn't figure that like, out? Like, does he think I'm dumb? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> now, here's here's a call that I, I, I from Richmond Hill, and the name has got my mind just a whirl here. Uh, <laughs> Willer Miller. Is that correct? Willer Miller. Good morning. Good morning. Yes. Is, is, that, is that your name? Uh, have you not heard of it before, Rilla Miller? Oh, Willa. Willa. I had Willer down here. <laughs> no problem. So, well, anyway, um, Charlie, I tried to get near you at the Richmond Hill Hort meeting, but mm-hmm. you were too popular. Uh, that happens, I know. Oh, yeah. it happens here, too. Just <laughs> awful crowds. Anyway, do you have any uh, answer for gout that the nurseries are still selling for a cover? Mm-hmm. Uh, there should be against them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Goat from my neighbor is taking over oh. my, my periwinkle bed. Oh, bummer. Is there any answer? Gout weed is the common name. The proper name is agopodium, A-E-G-O podium. And it's a problem. It, as you point out, why why is that still for sale? Because it it's actually a great plant in situations where nothing grows because it grows just about anywhere, but it is so invasive and it does travel from yard to yard, under the fence, into your yard. There, And the problem is, is that when you try and dig it up, it, it, you leave a little tiny bit of root behind and it just grows right back up. I know that. So have you got like a wooden fence between your properties or a chain link or what kind of fence? Um, no, not really. 
You have no fence? No. Oh, okay. So that's, so the neighbors got in and it's just coming your way. Hmm. My you, ferns go to their garden and they don't complain. <laughs> well, I wouldn't complain way, I guess, yeah. if your ferns came to my garden either, but I would complain <laughs> if your goat weed came to my garden. So the only real way to control it is with a physical barrier. And the barrier, of course, has to go down underground at least six inches and preferably will be above ground another six inches to a foot, which doesn't sound very pretty, does it? No. Um, uh, there's really, there's no way to control it otherwise. And of course, once it's in amongst your periwinkle, you'll never get rid of it without digging up all the periwinkle as well, because it'll all be entwined in with the periwinkle. Mm-hmm. Now you can use Roundup to spray the leaves of the goatweed in the spring when it's young uh, and tender. What is the spelling of that? Uh, Roundup. Oh, Roundup. Yeah, which is a herbicide, a non-selective herbicide, and it will kill anything it comes in contact with. So, of course, it will kill your periwinkle. Okay, that's an answer to this, then, because I'm starting a new bed under my king maple, Okay, and there's the odd bit of it there, Mm. and uh, so I would like to get at it before it's ahead of me. If it's only the odd bit, then I would go, I'd try and dig it now as best you can and watch for it in the spring. Don't waste your time spraying Roundup at this time of year because the leaves are just too old and thick and tough now. The Roundup will not kill now the way it will in the spring. Yeah. It always works way better on young, tender leaves. Okay. okay. And I got the good answer about gladioli bulb. Yeah. <laughs> Have you got some of those growing too? Oh, uh, well... Um, I planted some, and I got green, 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 so I probably uh, planted it too deep. Too deep. There you go. So, good enough. Good stuff. Gladioli, huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> Thank you, <laughs> Thank you for, for that. calling. Thanks, My Willa. mom always called it gladioli, Yeah. and she planted dozens, dozens, and they were always beautiful. Nice. That's great. Thank you very much for the call. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye now. 9.50 our time here. Ray is on the line from Toronto. We will get to you momentarily, Ray. Just have to take a short little break and uh, give Charlie just a few minutes to regain her senses because this is a tough show. She's working. Oh, tough. Yeah, the nerves. It's just incredible (laughs) how she does it. Yeah, anyway, we'll be back in just a moment here in the Garden Show from AM 740. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. Well, that was a quick little trip. I yes. know. I'm glad I had Just so much around of a the chance back to get again. myself organized here. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Gee, uh, I thought you were going to get down there and start doing push-ups. Ray in Toronto, welcome to The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Hello, uh, Ray. Yeah, hi. Morning. Good morning, folks. Uh, thank you for answering my original question about goatweed, and also uh, your coverage of GLADS. I'm thinking about uh, pulling up some dahlias, and would I treat them the same as the GLADS? No. You know why? The only difference is that dahlias do not want to be dried out when they're being stored. Okay. Glads are unusual in that sense. They are they're one of the few that we really let them dry right out. Dahlias, any of the cannas, callas, begonias, they need to be actually packed uh, into uh, either like a sterile medium. So they could be packed into peat moss or sterile potting soil or uh, perlite or vermiculite. A little bit of moisture in that medium and put away into a dark, cool location. Thank you very much. Now, the, one, the dahlias, are they in pots at your place or are they in the ground? They're in the ground. Okay. Because the other thing is if you have any of those plants in pots, you can even make your life even simpler and just leave those plants in the pots. Just leave them to yeah, dry bring, And bring the pots in. And Thank don't you. bother fooling around with them. But if they're in the ground, yeah. But wait until a good frost has knocked these things down. Thank you very much, Charlie. Oh, you're very welcome. We Thanks appreciate for your it. Call. Thank you. And uh, for joining us here on a Saturday morning, uh, coming up, of course, Dave's Corner Garage very shortly. Uh, Bernice in Hamilton, anxious to talk to you. Good morning, Bernice. Good morning. Morning. Um, I'll I'll keep it sweet and simple. I have a black lace elder. Actually, I have two. Mm -hmm. And one I'd like to give to my girlfriend. And I need to know whether to transplant it now or wait until spring. Uh, You could do either. How big is the plant? He's a little munchkin. He's only about three feet tall. Okay. If you can do it now, I would do it now. And the reason I say that is because 
the little munchkin that's three feet tall right now is going to be 12 feet tall next June. They grow really fast once established. So it'd be easier. Of course, you you'll probably want to cut it down a bit, even in with the transplanting. Because remember, when we lift a plant, we do leave roots behind. We never get all the roots. Right. So don't hesitate to do some cutting back at the time when you're when you're doing the lifting and the transplanting, and then let it it's, it's all settled in and ready to go next spring. Okay. Okay. Do you like the plant? Is it does it? Uh, it's, it it's something different. It is. Like the leaves are are almost black. Mm-hmm. But you're right, it grows like crazy. Yeah, it it amazes me, that plant. And th- I have one at my front, and I um, one of the things I love about it is that it gets pink flowers with yeah. these dark purple, almost black leaves. Yeah. And it's a very lacy leaf, so it's very interesting texture in the it garden. It's almost like a, like a, a Japanese maple. I, exactly. They're kind of considered the Japanese maple replacement if you're somebody who struggles to keep Japanese maples looking good. Done that, lost one. Right, so that's why they're great. But the problem is I never get flowers because I have to cut the, the elder back so often. I never never get the flowers. I got one on the other one because the other one's a little bit bigger. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, the lady who had the hibiscus that she wanted to bring in, yep. I have many, many tropical plants, and, mm-hmm. and mine are in the three- and four-foot range. Mm-hmm. So what I've done is I bought those, uh, I bought a saucer for under them, mm-hmm. but sometimes it floods, uh-huh. and I also have hardwood floors. Uh-huh. So what I do is I buy those those trays for muddy boots. Oh, yeah. You know, like a, yep. I forget what you call them. Yeah, like a big, yeah, like an overshoe boot tray. And yeah, it exactly. doesn't look pretty, but it sure protects your floor. And that's important. That's a great idea. I hope she's still listening. So do I. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Thanks for your call and your tips. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much, Margaret. Right. Ingrid, yeah. that was for you. I hope you're listening. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Munchkins. I love the munchkins from Wizard of Oz. I played a munchkin one time. You would be, make a I, very I good munchkin. Dorothy, Dorothy, yes. <laughs> oh, we have, we have Did now. you have to do it on your hands and knees? Or on no, your they, knees? Had, they had little shoes built that stuck out from my knees. That's yeah. what I mean. You yeah. had to do it on your knees. Yeah, oh, oh it's just too God. much funny. It's too funny. Too much funny I'm, is I'm right. Too much funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, no. All right. Now, none of that. Margaret uh, is on the line from Toronto. Good morning, Margaret. Good morning. Morning. Uh, I would uh, like to know, I put fertilizer down on Friday. Mm-hmm. How soon after can I put seeds down? This is on your lawn? Yes. Uh, so the the fertilizer you put down was a winterizer fertilizer? Yes. And you've had some good rain, obviously? Yes. I would go right ahead and do whatever you want to do in the way of top dressing and overseeding today, tomorrow. Oh. Uh, you know, it's, it's perfect. The weather okay. is absolutely perfect right now to be doing That's that. great. And the reason I'm suggesting you can do it now is because you put out the fertilizer, but a lo- it's all gone with the rain. It's quite soluble. It's moved down. It's not on the surface any longer. So go for it with the seeds. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. You're Thank very you for welcome. your contribution to the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, <laughs> our master gardener. Uh, let's see. Oh, Linda in Mississauga is standing by. Hello, Linda. Good morning. Morning. How are you? Excellent. Good. Um, I have a hydrangea that was planted years ago, but I haven't had any blossoms or flowers out of it, and I see other people's, and they're big, huge, round, lovely flowers, and I don't know if I was to cut back or something, but I just didn't get any flowers on it. It's still looking healthy, but it's all green. What kind of hydrangea, excuse me, the name on it, do you remember? I couldn't tell you, I'm sorry. Is it supposed to have uh, round flowers, pink ones, white ones? Yeah, pink and white, I had it before. Mm -hmm. Okay, Um, there, the... Okay, so hydrangeas, there's two kinds of hydrangeas that we grow. One are the later blooming ones, like the PG hydrangeas. And the other. PG is P E E G E E. The flowers tend to be conical rather than round, and they bloom later in the summer. The other kind of hydrangea we grow are the macrophyllus, so the, the the big-leaved hydrangeas, and they have the round flowers that are pink or white, sometimes blue yeah. and purple. Um, now, if you're having trouble, and it's a new hydrangea, something that was planted in the last two years, it should be, and probably is, one of the members of the endless summer family of hydrangeas. The trick with those is make sure it's getting at least a half a day sun, Yes. Make sure it's in soil that has lots of organic material because they do like a r- fairly rich soil. 
Mm-hmm. And when you're going to when you do your trimming, you only do your trimming, well not only, but the time to trim is in the spring. Yeah. And what you do is early in the spring, all those little sticks are sticking up out of the ground. You go out there and you trim the whole plant down to being eh, about four or five inches tall. Okay. And then walk away and leave it for the summer. It should flower. It will send up all kinds of new shoots and it should flower. I find hydrangeas can be a little finicky. They tend to have a year of flowers and then a year with no flowers. Oh, so this is not uncommon. Exactly. So don't don't give up or anything. They they like I say they tend to go up and down in their flowering. Uh, all those sort of endless summer ones. They just seem to be not real consistent bloomers. But when they bloom, they they look amazing. So yes, uh, they're gorgeous. And I just felt robbed this year that I didn't. Yeah, get and don't hesitate to fertilize, but don't fertilize with like a twenty 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 next spring. Fertilize with a flowering plant fertilizer, like a 15, 30, 15, something with a higher middle number. 15, 30 fertilizer? 15, 30, okay, so 15. Okay, that's different from the miracle Grow. Uh, actually, miracle Grow is fine. You could use that. Okay, that's fine. And can I just squeeze in one, one more quick question? Nope. I had, no? Uh, uh, Frank, I mean, we're, sorry. We're, we're, Frank's we're, ready to go. We're oh, Frank's going to beat you. Frank's out of time. I'll call but in again right Thank you. I'm call getting, again I'm next getting week. fists at, at the window there from Alan Gelman and <laughs> Dave Brenninger. <laughs> Don't you go over time. Uh, stealing <laughs> okay, our show. You know, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no He's joking. Kidding. I'm only Thanks, Linda. Give us a call next week. Thanks for joining the show and all our callers. Great questions Or give Dennis a call and Frank next week. That's right. That's right. You guys have, have a ton of fun oh, next week. <laughs> <laughs> what so, an evil laugh. I knew. Mm-hmm. Have a um, thank you, everybody. Great questions today. We got we had we're all over the map there with all kinds of good questions. So lots of good gardening going on. I'm always and I'll makes be back at happy. twelve noon with the diner. You yeah. you will. So all right. So you have a busy day ahead of you. you and got it. I do as well. So thanks again, everybody. Christina, Andre, Frank. I'll see you all in two weeks. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.